American football in Finland. The voice in your ears, perfect purpose, and this is American football in Finland. We are back for 2023. Today, I'm joined with my co-hosts, Coach Q and Chris Green. What's going on, fellas? What's going on, people? We back. Feels like forever, but we're back. Good to right. see y'all. Yep, yep y'all yep. too. Back at it. Okay, so the AFF podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcast. Um, seriously, we're available on more than 30 different platforms now. We international, we global, wherever you listen. And even if you watch, we on YouTube as well. You just go get you some of this podcast and rate us if you can. Anything less than five stars will tell us that you are a hater. So before we get into it, welcome to season eight, AFL. This, this will probably be the best season of American football and Finland podcast. Like I, I don't want to, I don't want to give away too much, but with the way the football climate is going and, you know, as we all get a little bit older in life, this actually might be the last rodeo. It might be the last one for us. Uh, not, not saying that like, you know, AFF itself is going to just fall off, but podcast wise, this might be our last go around because we got a lot of other stuff you know, happening in the world, brewing, you know, me and Q both got kids growing up and whatnot. Um, <laughs> Chris <laughs> played too many sports. <laughs> so putting together this group is is very difficult as well. And these seasons don't do nothing but get longer. Was it 15 <laughs> weeks? Yeah. Take a six month out of our lives. We enjoy it though. And that's what I'm saying. This year is probably going to be our best show yet because we're going to put it all out there this year for sure. So we'll give it our best this whole summer and hopefully y'all rock with us and we just keep this thing going. So before we even get into it, man, how was everybody's off season? Q, what, what you been doing since last time we talked? Oh man. So I mean, everything, man, I moved back to Florida, uh, to be close to my daughter. Okay. Uh, I get to see her every day, man. So that's, that's a great thing. Uh, new job, uh, working from home, Working out, man, it's great. Been in, in the Sunshine State, you know, it was good weather. Where uh, in Florida? Where you at in Florida? In Tampa. Shoot. Tampa Bay, baby. I might have to come by. Yeah, Tampa Bay, baby. So other than that, man, it's it's been a good, good all season. Um, spent a lot of time with the family and stuff, man. Can't complain. Still here. And uh, I'm excited to be back, you know, chatting with y'all, man. What about you, Chris? Uh, first thing for me really is that. I'm an hour homeowner. I bought a house. Congratulations. Crazy. Which is crazy. Um, yeah. And then during the, the off season over here, obviously for, for American football in Finland, in the winter, there's the university league over here and, and the UE Bullets, my university I went to. I've been doing the commentary on their live streams and stuff like that as well. Again, this season, they got to the ship. They won another ship. So they went with two Pete. So that's two in a row now, three natty championships for the for the UE Bullets. So really good season. And I'm just in preparations now, getting ready for my season this summer. Back at it, at a ripe age of 33, still going. Yeah. 
Never stop, man. Never stop. Uh, for me, I mean, if you're listening and you don't know what I've been doing, that's on you. Because I think I've been out there. I think people have been, you know, seeing what I'm doing. Uh, you guys have been, you know, off the media stuff. I've been sharpening my skills. I did the off-season podcast this year where pretty much I was just running a platform so that I could keep speaking about football and different things that affect my life. And that was really good for me. Gave me a little bit of experience. Um, what else have I did? That's pretty much it. That's the only way to get through the winter. And the winter in Finland is tough. So I had to like focus on things. And that the off season was something I was able to do for about three months. And that kind of got me through the, the toughest part of winter. And shoot, I've been itching to do this. Um, and if, if you're watching or listening to this, I recently just started back to import doing in, interviews with import players and stuff on my, um, what is it on my Instagram live channel or whatever, just something to keep me active. Cause what I've seen since I've gained years of experience in this is that as soon as you stop doing stuff, you forget how to do it. <laughs> and that's why I say this is going to be probably the best show. I mean, one of the best seasons for us is because you normally, I take a lot of time off and I didn't this time. So I think with me not taking a lot of time off, it's going to bring a little bit of a little something extra to this show as well that we all can kind of tap into. So I'm excited to, you know, bring a little bit of that into every episode this season. So let's hop into it, man. So normally before the season, we like to like preview each team individually and do almost like a full like, 45 minute episode, but it's 2023 and content is king. So we're going to give it all to you in this one show. Okay. We're going to mix it up. We're going to give it to you all now. Talk about all the teams. We won't get too, too much in depth on each team just because we believe this is one of those seasons where what these teams do on the field will quickly make you forget whatever we say in this episode. Uh, someone I was speaking to someone earlier and they said that you know like Maple League is unique in the fact that almost every year anyone could win it even though there's like runs on the championships and who's winning the championships the actual seasons are very competitive and a lot of times you really don't know who can win it and we're saying that knowing that there's a team that just won it three times it's it can't be any more true this year like it can't be more true than anything this year that Almost anybody has a chance to win it, mostly because no one really knows what anyone else is going to be capable of. So let's jump into the first team. We're going to talk about the reigning champs, the Quopio Steelers, who are a dynasty. Have, do we agree that they're a dynasty now? Have we agreed on that? Or, or is Q still in denial? Q, Q's the one that we've got convinced if it's a Q's dynasty. still in denial. <laughs> they won three in a row. You're like, that. You got to win like eight to be a dynasty. What you mean? I mean, <laughs> 2020, still, still the uh, asterisk for me. Oh, that asterisk. Oh. I mean, that it's five games. Year. Five games. Uh, True. You know, but yeah, I'll, I'll give them the dynasty. I, I ain't going to take it away from them. They actually, they actually uh, won them. You know, I, I can't, I, I can't take it away from them. They won. I, I can't be yeah. a hater. Yeah, I guess it goes to one of those things like dynasty is just so hard to define. Also, I feel like 
I like calling them like this could be a dynasty because they could stop winning championships and we still remember that like small window as being a dynasty. But kind of like what the Roosters did was an era. You know, like that was a, a whole era. They won championships for they controlled the whole decade as, you know, top dog team in a league. That's a, I think that's different than a dynasty. But I'm I'm digressing because we're going to talk about the Steelers, the current dynasty right now. And let's jump into this team going into 2023. What do you guys think are some of the biggest changes for this team? Q, you can go first. Um, I think Corpio is just uh, – they changed out a few players um, on the defense. Uh, Akeem the Dream obviously not being there anymore. He, he moved on to Potsdam. Um, so I'm, I'm, ex- I'm curious to see what that D-line will be and what it looks like. Um, we've seen a little bit of, of today against uh, Stockholm Meme Machine. And, whew, um, it's not the same. I don't want to judge it off of that, but it's not the same, yeah. obviously. Um, but I'm I'm curious to see what they're what they do to to get that defense back, uh, you know, to to a championship caliber type defense. Uh, Coach Pecker always put the right players together, so um, I think that's the biggest thing that I noticed so far is just that D line and the changes that they made to it. You know what? Just to piggyback on that, the defensive line, I I think it's one of those things where in the past, the defensive line was so good, it was to the point of, like, unnecessarily good. I think that's what they're trying to do is scale it back. Because even last year, what, almost everybody on their defensive line, they had, what, had the, the two import guys from, like, Europeans, and they had um, the uh, Lindquist, and then you – you got uh, the American. That's four guys, right? Yeah, all four of them are battling for who's the best defensive lineman in the league, pretty much. And that's just a lot of talent, considering we agreed that there aren't any good O linemen. So, so I think I think the Steelers are probably taking that approach of let's not use more than we have to to win this league. Maybe we can get players in another position instead of putting all our you know eggs in our basket on having a good defensive line. Because that that linebacker they have is is pretty good as well. Pretty, I think yeah. I, I think they beefed up their linebacking core as a group, and they I don't know if they did what they need to do in the secondary, but maybe they expect to score more points by bringing in American receivers as well. But I agree that like the D line is definitely a big change for me though. I'm gonna say that the biggest change is their actual secondary. Mm. And the reason I say that is because if we looked at their secondary last year, okay, let me try to name them off. Um, Iro Pekarinen, Tino and Dongo. Uh, what's the safety's name? Aerovasia. Aerovasia. And then the other safety that just joined them last year. Uh, Lonnie? Was it Lonnie? No, no. Lonnie's still there. The young kid. Uh, Peter something. He used to be for the Oh, Rams. Peter Lundstrom. Lundstrom. Yeah, Peter Lundstrom. All yes, four of those yeah. guys. The one who's always in the DMs. Him. Yeah, the one that's always in the DMs. Yeah. Feel like he got <laughs> shited or something like that. But anyways, that kid, all, all four of them, that's four of their starters from last year. That's four starters. They're all gone. They're all playing elsewhere. That's the entire secondary. Yesterday, last year, I did so much bragging about the Quopio Steelers having the best secondary in the country. 
I will not be doing such things this year. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's an interesting thing. Um, we're trying not to look too much into what, what we saw against the Steelers, but you brought up Ronnie Lane. That might be their best defensive back this year. And no offense to Ronnie Lane, he's not a true, like, number one cornerback. Mm-hmm. Like a nickel, and he could be a number two cornerback, and he's a, a playmaker by all means. But just watching him play against, you know, Matthew Retzloff just lets you know. But again, I think that when you're looking at the Steelers, they're looking at it as, well, you know, we had a really, really good secondary, and nobody had receivers. Yeah. And who did they have to guard last year? Nobody. Nobody. So, they're like, oh, we're okay scaling back, which I don't think is a bad idea. I think that's kind of how they thought about it as well. And, and I think they'll still be able to compete because of it. Uh, so for me, it's definitely a secondary. It's a whole new group, pretty much. I mean, there's a couple guys that were on the team last year that are playing, but it's still not the same as those four guys that easily, in our opinion, were all all-stars, all four of them. I think they all made our list or are all fit on the list. What about you, Chris? What do you got biggest change? I'll start from the top. Bit. <clears throat> um, so the, the biggest change I'm going to say for the Steelers is the, the quarterback position. So obviously no Joey Bradley this season. They've got two young guys. They've got Ambro, who's on the Finnish national team as well, one of the national team quarterbacks. And then they've got Johan as well. So two young guys that aren't really tested and proven in the Maple League yet. And to my knowledge and my memory, you may correct me if I'm wrong, but the only Finnish quarterback that I can remember in recent times to have won the Maple League is Miro the Hero. Mm. I mean, I couldn't tell you any before. I mean, I guess somebody probably did it before the imports came, but yeah, yeah but like dur- during during the kind of like the import <laughs> signing thing with all the imports that everyone came, I can't really think of one. Before sort of like 2015, anyway. Yeah. Uh, well, let's yeah, just do it like that. In the last ten years, there's no yeah. point in really going back any further. In the mm-hmm. last ten years, yeah. I think Miro's probably the only finished quarterback that actually has played, and that's just this is randomly interesting. We're going to be looking at at least two finished quarterbacks this year, right? Yeah. Because the Wolverines also went finished. So yeah, Wolverines. Yeah. This will be an interesting uh, change for yeah. sure. So let's talk about what will maybe hinder the Steelers from getting that elusive number four in total, but number three to Q championship. <laughs> so well, Q, what, what do you think is one of the like obstacles they'll have to overcome to ensure that they can, you know, basically earn your respect this year? <laughs> um, I think it's this, 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 uh, it's not a bad thing. I won't say it's an obstacle, but it's just being the best. I mean, you, when you won the last three, um, Sometimes you kind of expect or uh, expected that, to win. And sometimes you go with, yeah, you kind of go into the season um, knowing that or feeling like everybody else isn't going to be better than y'all because your team has always been good. And I know a lot of players sometimes don't feel like that, but I know it can happen where you're just so used to st- good stuff happening. Like you literally can have a year like, you know, reason over having the years he's been having. and then. Next thing you know, you know, one offensive lineman go down and the whole offense changed and you're not getting what you used to get. So um, I think them just being the best and trying to find that motivation to win more, uh, it might be instilled already. But sometimes when you got new players 
Um, they have to learn that culture and they have to learn like how you do things. And I think that's the biggest thing is just getting those new guys acquainted to what they expect and, and the expectations of playing for Corpio. What about you, uh, Chris? There's something you think they'll have to overcome as an obstacle. I'm going to say them going out of their comfort zone. And what I mean by that is we saw glimpses of it last season where why would they not just stick with the ridiculous run game that they have with reason over? Why would they go and pass the ball? And even more so this year with not an American QB. They need to just keep it simple and just go with what works for them. That's the, that's your identity. You are Steelers football. Steelers football is give reason over the ball, let your own line go to town and, and let him do what he does best. Don't stray away from that. And I think last season they tried to a little bit, and I, I'm not really sure why. So game planning wise, I think that could be a, an obstacle. I'm not going away from your your number one threat. Like mm-hmm. stay with it. This is what works for you. It's what's worked for you for the past three seasons. Just stick with it. I, I again, I know we say we're not going to, but we just saw them play against the Stockholm Me Machines, and that is that could arguably be one of the reasons you would say why they lost that game is that they didn't stick to their identity. That was the obstacle they couldn't overcome against the Mean Machines, a team from Sweden. That That is something that teams in Finland are going to have to try to do, try to force them into a passing situation more often than a running situation. Put them in situations where they feel like we have to throw it. We can't just give it to Lee Anthony. And that's a tough obstacle. That's one of those things where you're like, Obviously, they they believe in Ambrose as their quarterback. If they didn't, they wouldn't have brought him in, right? So they have to give him those opportunities when they arise. But also, you know, you also got to win. And that's a tough situation to be in. And I feel like they're probably hoping, or not hoping, they're probably game planning to not be in that situation where they have to decide, do we trust Ambrose or do we trust reason over? Like, that's not a, you don't want to be in that situation, so just put up points early and call it a day. Uh, for me, and that actually leads to what I would think is an obstacle, is their quarterback play. I think that they're a team that is predicated on an offensive scheme. Originally, I think they want to be an RPO team. But in recent years, they haven't had the receiver play to kind of back it up. And even the team they have now, you have Hannes Haru is a legitimate number one receiver, in my opinion, my eyes. He's he's number one receiver. He's got the skill set. And then they're bringing in this American, I think his name is Vincent McDonald. I don't know much about his skill set, but just having him on the field will help Hannes make more plays. But then outside of those two guys, most of your receivers are, you know, slide and backup type guys. Um, Noah Choate is a, is a young kid with a, a lot of, you know, Edelman look to him as a receiver. And then Isaac Marshall is a converted running back trying to play receiver. They're both short in stature, which means they have to kind of move around and get into windows to be open. If your quarterback can't throw them open or put it right on the money, you're going to have incompletes that slow down your offense and put you in second and third and long, where now reason over is less likely to become your number one option. And I think Ambrose is a good young quarterback, but I don't think he's the type of quarterback to put them in those situations to be successful. 
And I think that's something they're going to have to overcome is deciding how they want to use him at the quarterback position. Because if they just let him sit back there and throw, Ambrose, what, 5'9", 5'10"? Yeah, he's, he can't, he's around that. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he's a short quarterback. He has a, a decent arm, but he has to be he has to put the ball on the money to be successful. And from what I've seen him in the past, he's more of a get it to an open receiver guy. I don't think these receivers are going to be wide open for him, which means you got to put it on the money. Outside of Hanes Haru, I'm not trusting most of these receivers to make those plays. So if he has to make plays, it might keep them from being as successful as they want to be in certain times. I think it's one of those situations. If they have to play a lot of tight games, they're going to be okay. But if they have to play some like shootout games where you have to score points and they're not able to run the ball and they have to lean on the quarterback play, it's going to be tough to make it rock with that type of quarterback they have. So keys to success now. Uh, I'll let you go, Chris. What do you think that they need to do to remain successful and give back to the ship this year? Give Lee Anthony the ball. <laughs> it's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. You give this guy the ball and you don't stray away from it. You give Lee Anthony the ball. It's, he is him. He is him. It's give him so the ball. simple. It's so simple. Like, that's what you have to do. What about you, Q? You got something different than that? Because that's all I was going to say, too. I say just maintaining their winning culture. Um, just continue doing what they've been doing, uh, making the plays when they need to be made, not really stressing, panicking when they're getting close games, when they have them. <laughs> uh, but more so to just maintain that that drive and that that motivation that they always have. Um, you can't take that away from from them. Um, so I think as long as they come out and and do what Coach, you know, Pecker tells them to do, they'll be fine. And like Chris say, and all that spells the reason over, man. He, he, he he's a lot to deal with. Healthy, you know, strong hey, runner. Reason like, over right, reason yeah. over left. <laughs> yeah, that's over it. Right. Like, sweet right, left. sweet left, man. Let it let it go. That's it, though. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. be like that so moving to the next team uh let's go to our runners up from last season the Sinioki crocodiles um i guess the the running theme is can they get back to the maple bowl and maybe even win it this just randomly thinking about this this organization is not new to making it to the maple bowl Uh winning the maple bowl Cursed. It's a different story. They cursed. <laughs> it's a different story. <laughs> I, I've, I've been in Finland for seven years. I've seen them go to plenty of Maple Bowls. I've never thought they were going to win a Maple Bowl, except for last year, which I still didn't think they were going to win it. But they did give one hell of an effort last year in making that game a lot closer than people thought it was going to be. So... So, I mean, hats go off to them, but, you know, we're talking about winning it now. So if we're looking at them, I'll start off with the biggest change. The biggest change, I think, for this team is that they now have a target on their back instead of a chip on their shoulder. Normally, um, obviously, normally in the last couple of years, when you look at the Crocodiles, you're like, oh, man, can Christian Paul carry them again? Can they make the playoffs barely because he has to win two or three games by himself? You don't feel like that anymore. You looked at the team last year, and you're like, this is a good team. 
They got they got a balanced offense. Quarterback is good. If them Sarkola brothers are out there, they making plays. Even though I will say that you know in that championship game, could it could have used a little bit more. Could use a little bit more. But and then the way that they used you know the pass and the run game and Christian Powell and that defense last year, defense was it was incredible. Like the defensive line, uh, the linebacker play was good. Secondary has some issues, but overall, that was a really good team. And everybody knows that. And so there's no surprise this year. Like teams aren't going to say, okay, maybe we match up. No, they're going to say, we have to beat this team if we want to go to the Maple Bowl. So I think that's something they're, they're going to have. That's a big change for them. It's a difference of identity, really. Like they're no longer going to be the underdog this year. So it'll be interesting to see how they play, knowing that they're one of the favorites and not one of the unexpected this year. What about you guys? Any big changes? Uh, I didn't. I didn't have any noticeable changes that that I've seen. I, I think they kept a lot of the a lot of the, the Sanioki guys. Um, they're going to play for them forever, and uh, that's part of the reason why I think they're always in contention and always close to. You know their their ultimate goal. They've been trying this. I mean, since I since I was going to Finland, like the Crocs have been good for a long, long time, and for somebody like they've been on the brink for a long, long time of winning. Back to Justin Solitaire era, you know, like they they. I, I know you mentioned that last year was the closest they ever been to winning, but I really thought the year that, I mean, it was I think Tim Spencer. Uh, they had a big six six tight end. They had two the Air Force, the Air Force yeah. that year. Like they they were really really good that year, but they ran into the Roosters and and that just you know kind of halted it. But that's the year uh, they lost ten yeah, to zero. Right? Rain, real yeah, bad rain yeah, in the rain. It, mm, the rain yeah. will always do it to you. Yeah. So I think I think they didn't. I mean, they didn't make any noticeable changes to me. Uh, like you said, I, I I back up what you said as far as not having a chip on their shoulder now. Now it's like other teams are like, all right, we're going to have to beat them this year. Yeah, you got, so. you got to think about it. Like, this is kind of like the, again, using like eras and stuff. This is the Christian Powell era. And since, mm-hmm. you know, this is, I think, year six for Christian Powell five. or five, five, something like that. Five? You're five. five. So, I mean, half a decade. Since Christian Powell has been on this team, it's been a different team. And it's always kind of been that team that you like, you like them, but you feel like, mm. If they get in, it kind of a feel good story more than anything. But now you're like, they better make it. They better be in the Maple Bowl, and that's a, a huge step. I just think it's a, it's a big change for them mentality wise. Like they can't. If anybody from Sinioki comes up to me and like, well, at least we, I, I might slap them because that that's just not the mentality anymore. Can't be satisfied with mediocre. Uh, Chris, yeah. did you have yeah. any big changes? Sorry, just, I don't know so if you had Christian Powell, I think he's played five. I think this will be his sixth season now. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah. my biggest change thinking. is that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Christian Powell is classed as a Finnish import, not an American this season. This mm. is sixth year. I thought it was a. I thought it was a. a no, nah, he wasn't. Year. He was American last year. I'm pretty sure this season he's passed import. So that's a big change because now it means they can... What number yeah. is Christian Powell? Let me look at the roster. See if it's saying on there. <laughs> what what <laughs> number is he again? <laughs> really? 15, bro. 
I really don't remember his number. I remember RJ should be both of them should be. It's a Finn slash USA. There you go. I just, yeah. I just, you know, I don't know why I couldn't remember his number because I always look at his face. There you go, yeah. So that's that's a big that's a big change. You know, he doesn't count as an American import now. So that's that's a big change there. Obviously, they've got hmm. they've got a quarterback coming back, um, Zach Whitehead. So, well, if that's the case, I'm looking. I don't think they used. Oh, well. That's a big change, but what really kind of sucks, I'm looking at the roster, is if if that's the case, they're they're only using one American um, offensive maybe, American. Maybe they're waiting for the midseason. Maybe they're waiting for another country. No, they yeah. have to. They already oh, yeah. have to. They're using yeah, they still got time. Yeah. No, no, they have to. I'm looking at their roster, guys. They uh, have they have Seth Zins, the yeah. defensive lineman. He's the USA. And then they have Oh, actually, no. I could be wrong. I, I saw USA, but it says Eric Irvin is USA yeah. slash Finn. Eric Finn. Oh, yeah. yeah. Finn, too. Yeah. But Christian says Finn slash USA, so mm. I don't know. You're on, maybe there's something to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> other than that, they don't have any other USA guys. So if that's the case, I guess they could be waiting for somebody to sign or bring in somebody later. But I think it would behoove them. <laughs> to bring in yep. a receiver. Yep. That's just me. No, no disrespect to the Sarkler brothers. You know, I believe y'all are what it is, but I mean if you can get better, why if not? If you get if you get receivers? if you get Whitehead, an American receiver, that's that's yeah, okay, he's gonna get some opportunities, but it's just gonna open up more opportunities for the Sarkler brothers as well. Maybe they get more man coverage looks. So it's gonna make them better as a whole offense anyway. It, it makes it makes sure. sense to bring yeah. in another guy. Yeah, that makes sense. So, talking about the crocodiles' obstacles, like what do you think they have to get over um, to, you know, make sure they can actually get back to the big game this year? Q, what do you got for obstacles? Um, I think the biggest obstacle that I, that I noticed is just that hump, man. That hump that's been just keeping them from getting that championship. Whatever it is, every year it's it's it's. I can't point it out from season to season because it's something different every season. Mm-hmm. Um, last year, I could say they could have had a little better quarterback play. Um, Defensive-wise, they kind of uh, – front seven is always pretty good, pretty decent. Secondary is hit or miss yeah. from year to year. Um, I think maybe having a more stout secondary might make that uh, make a difference this year. Um, being that you know your offense will be productive, um, something like – your secondary is something you need to work on. You kind of kind of got to look around the league and see what everybody else has. And then you say, this is what we match up better than them at this. And I think that's been holding them back is the DBs because they've been in games. And then all of a sudden, you know, two touchdowns later, pass later, and it's like, ah, okay. Well, you know, it's going to hurt us. Like, what's crazy they, they, is you're talking about their secondary. That The secondary is the issue they have with other teams. Like, they, they mm. match up well against the Steelers. Yeah. <laughs> like in the last three years, they've always matched up well against the Steelers. Yeah. But against other teams, they run into trouble because, like you said, that secondary or a one year, you know, offense wasn't able to do it. It's always something with them. You're you're 100% right. They got to get over the hump this year. High expectations for them. What about you, Chris? Um, I'm going to say looking after CP15 because we were just saying it's his sixth season now. 
And as a running back, you're taking a lot of punishment, especially a guy like CP, who's probably averaging between 20 and 30 touches a game. So they, sure. they need to be careful of how they manage him this season. And I'm sure he's been in, been in the gym and he's been training hard the offseason as usual, but you've got to look after your guys. And he's such a big playmaker. I think they just need to make sure that they're careful with their play calling and how they use him so they don't break him. Do they have a serviceable uh, a serviceable backup? Like looking at the roster, and I'm not no names, names jump out jump no. out at me. Uh, um, the Rune Nilsson, if that's who I think it is, a Norwegian guy. He says Norwegian, but he played for UNC. That's who I think it is. He's a pretty good running back, but not sure if he's gonna be able to you know do what they need to spare CP3 at times. For me, I had down for obstacle to come specific matchups, kind of like what I just said about them playing against the Steelers and everybody else. It, it's a matchup game. That's what the Crocodiles have always been good at is that when you see their team, most teams try to match up to them. And when they don't win and when they don't have success, it's usually when a team is able to exploit a matchup that they're not ready to play against. And in my my opinion, the secondary is that matchup most of the time. Like I'm just thinking, since the CP3 era, uh, since that era has come, CP just CP. I don't know why I said CP3. Chris Paul, what? But since Christian Paul, since Christian Paul's era has come, that secondary has always it's always been the Achilles heel for this team. It might not be the reason every year, but it sure wasn't the reason they were good in the years. Like, I've never looked at that secondary in the last five years and been like, they're going to be all right. I've always looked at it and been like, I hope the other team doesn't see them. I hope the other team doesn't <laughs> throw in. <laughs> you, they, they have a good, a good front seven because they have to. If they don't, they done. They getting routed. What was that score in against the Roosters was 80 to something, 80 to uh, like zero or something way back when, that one summer. That's the type of stuff that happens when you have a glaring hole and people take advantage of it. I think for them this year, something they have to get over is making sure that whatever matchups they have, they use their strengths and hide their weaknesses the best they can. So keys to success. I'll take this first. My my first key to success, I think that it, that the crocodiles should have is just consistency. Being able to consistently put together a good game plan every week and execute it. I think it's one thing one thing that they had in the playoffs last year. Again, when I go back to that final game when you needed big plays, and Christian Powell is always going to give you one, two, maybe three during the regular season but they needed a big player for somebody who wasn't Christian Paul. They couldn't get it. And that, that's what I believe is why they weren't able to, you know, come away with the win. But that happened a few times. I think that happened at one time they lost to the Wolverines as well in that season. Like it's, I think he didn't play in that game. Is that the game he didn't play? There was, there was, there were situations where if they needed something that they normally would have and it didn't happen, things would go you know, the wrong way for him. And that's just the consistency. And that's the difference between, in my opinion, being a runner-up so many times, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. 
And that's something that they have to do this year. They want to take that next step and get over that hump is they have to be consistent. What about you, Q? Man, I, I think whew, they just got to take it to the next level, man. You know, I, I think they have to go beyond even what they envision almost. It's like, like in order to be the best from, from where they're sitting right now, which I put them just from on paper right now, I'm putting them top two. I think they have to find a consistent winning uh, stretch. Like the first, they they had to, if they win early, it'll give them a better chance. I mean, you want that home field advantage in the playoffs. Um, if you can get you a, a win on Corpio, um, if you can if you can slide one against the Roosters, you know, like you got to go up early, and I think that'll give them more confidence rather than. Uh, trying to fight to get in the playoffs in the end of the season because that's more you 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 averting more energy than you need to at the time. Like you want to be healthy when the playoffs come. You don't want to like have to go all out um, just to get to the playoffs. And then now we didn't we we extended all of our energy. So when we get to the playoffs, we don't play that great. So I think if they win early, um, it could be good for the Crocs. Kind of piggybacking a little bit off what Q said about winning early. I think the first game in their schedule is against the Royals, which is a massive game for them. So starting fast against against this Royals team is going to be key for them. It is the body of all, yeah. It's it's the big one between the two is guys. It, is it is it, how how I'm gonna say this right now. How the hell is the body of all? We all have to play <laughs> each other twice. I don't know. <laughs> don't make no sense. I don't know. But I, I think that was Oh, yeah, I, I think really this up. first game is is key for their success on this season. If they can start fast and win this first game, I think that'll be the ticket to them winning more games as the season goes on. Because it's a it's a big game. Royals, I think they're going to be a tough team this season. They, they've got a lot of pieces. You know, we'll t- we'll, we'll talk about them later on. But it's a big game for the Crocodiles first up, and and like you say, they're used to being the bridesmaid. They keep getting that participation medal. They need to do that one one up, one up this season. <laughs> that participation medal. You know, I, I tell people this all the time. Anytime I get a medal, I leave that, that damn medal wherever I got it. Last time I played football, I think we lost to the Quopio Steelers oh, man. in Quopio. They gave, us some, they gave us some medal. Hey. Well, I mean, it was like damn near oh. six years ago. That medal is still somewhere <laughs> in Corpio because I swear I wasn't taking that medal with me. I don't even think <laughs> I picked mine up. If I was the crocodiles, <laughs> if I was the crocodiles, I would be very much tired of always being good but not great. Always being considered, you know, a good team, a good organization, but never the best. You can't you can't say they're the best because they have not been the best. They have not done that one thing that you have to do. And I agree with both of you guys about they have to start fast. These are the games you don't want to lose early in the season. These first two or three weeks, that that usually changes the outlook because we here on AFF, we're gonna keep bringing it back. Like last year when the crocodiles kicked a field goal to beat the butchers in the first game where they should have lost. And the, and the 
butchers let let them go down the field and throw passes and get out of bounds. And I kept saying that all last year that the butchers didn't make play. Play well. He's gonna strength the schedule. They've got a real tough start with their first three games, playing the Royals, then the Roosters, then the Steelers. That's a big I, first game. I see, I see. Hold on. I I, I see one contender in that matchup, buddy. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like you, we gotta we gotta stop giving the crocodiles this whole you're playing tough. No, the crocodiles are the number two team. Everybody else has a tough matchup against them. And if they lose these games, it's not, oh, well, you're starting slow. It's you don't think you're good enough. And I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you poor food butchers treatment. If the crocodiles come out here in this first game and lose to the Royals, I'm done with you. I ain't are they, no more. Are they gonna be the new Dallas person. Cowboys in the main <laughs> I, I will I will turn you into the Dallas Cowboys because that's all it is. It's a game that you're supposed to win. And if you don't win games you're supposed to win, you're not great. And it by by darn it, it's time the crocodiles be great this year. Make the crocodiles great for the first time. I can't say <laughs> again because we ain't ever seen it. But I, I think we're good on the crocs. <laughs> if you're listening to my voice. You're now part of the AFF community. But don't be shy about supporting us. Head over to our website and order some AFF swag. Get a t-shirt for this beautiful summer weather. Or a comfy hoodie you can rock all year long. And if you really want the drip, scoop up one of our limited edition snapback caps. Everything you need to represent the AFF community can be found on our website at AmericanFootballInFinland.com forward slash merch. T I. F. And never forget T I F. Okay, so moving on, the first two teams, you know, those are heavy favorites. So, you know, we talk about them a lot. The rest of these teams, we might just run through. Uh, next team I want to talk about Helsinki Wolverines getting back to the playoffs. I think they were the number four seed last year, or they number three. I don't remember. But they made the playoffs. Doesn't matter because we all knew they weren't going to make it to the Maple Bowl. So, biggest change, uh, I'll go first because Q's is a little bit same as mine, but for me, <laughs> the biggest change for the Wolverines is the quarterback. And I know that they change quarterbacks like they change underwear, but going to a finished quarterback and Rasmus Laulo, that's a, that's an interesting move. It's a, uh, <laughs> it's a very interesting move. Uh, Rasmus, that's my boy, first of all. And if y'all, if you don't believe me, that's my boy. I'll tell you this at any time. I love me some Rasmus Lalo. But one thing that the Wolverines have done consistently again over the last five years, we'll just start doing half decade talk now, is that they've they've had a quarterback that's kind of come in and been able to run an offense. And that's kind of what you need from your quarterback, someone who can really run that offense. Rasmus Lalo doesn't have that type of pedigree. Like he's he's not the guy that no offense to him, but he hasn't played in a system, you know, complicated or to the level that most of these other teams have played against. And then he hasn't played against the competition that most of these other quarterbacks have played against. When he goes into the Maple League, he's gonna need a coach that can coach him during the week, during the game, in the middle of plays, all all season, and that can get him over the hump. And that's going to be very tough to do when 
your coach, your head coach comes from women's football. So even your head coach hasn't seen the competition that you're going to be going against. And I, I guess the head coach is also a biggest change, but I'm more concerned about the quarterback play because normally, no matter who your coach is, if your quarterback is, you know, an American quarterback with a college experience, there's things that he could bring to the, the game and to the team to make up for any inconsistencies anywhere on your offense. Rasmus doesn't bring you that. He doesn't bring you that experience and that knowledge of the game. And he has a lot of experience playing here in Finland. And he's a, a really good, I think he was the MVP of Division One last year, if I'm not mistaken. And that's great credit to him as a Finnish player. But the Maple League is known for the level of play and competition. And he's not, he's not in that right group to be playing against that competition, in my opinion. And that's going to make it really hard for this team to be successful. So that's the biggest change for me is going with, a finished quarterback and not even like that's this isn't like the Steelers going with Ambrose who they're plugging into their system. This is a new a new coaching staff, a new team on offense, a new everything. And then you're going with an untested finished quarterback who has not played quarterback in the Maple League on a consistent level ever. That's a big change. But uh, Chris, what about you? What do you got for big change? I think just the roster in general. It's a big change in roster. And they haven't really signed many big names to the offense. I know they recently announced that they've, they've re-signed Will Young. But they never really used him to his strengths when they did have him before. I know the coaching staff's different, so maybe that will change the season. But the roster is just... It just doesn't look like a very strong roster this season. They've signed a couple O-line guys from from different teams, but there's no one really on there that I'm like, yeah, they're going to win you a game or they're going to put up at least two touchdowns a game. They just don't have those big names. So the roster is just completely different. I think it's a bit of a rebuilding year for the Wolverines. And I think they're going to be one of the early contenders to be staying up, trying to stay up in the Maple Leaf for next season. I think they have to because they already have a Division One team. <laughs> there you go. Can't have two teams in Division One, can you? I, I don't know how that would work. I don't what know. About, what about you, Q? What do you got for biggest change? Everything, man. <laughs> <laughs> Everything, man. I don't know what I don't know what Wolverines got going on. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Like, if if it is a rebuilding seasoned and don't pay for anybody then if that's the case uh just go out there what you got let those guys get some experience and then come back and try it next year because we've seen them go all out a few times it didn't pay off um so something is going on within the organization of them trying to figure out the right guys to to have there and and to keep there and uh I don't know, man. They changed everything. They going with a finished quarterback is, is, you know, not a not seasoned one at that. It's gonna it's gonna get ugly. I mean, just to be honest, like it's gonna get ugly. Uh, then you got to see what the old line will look like. I mean, it could be. I mean, we could be talking about like the last team in the league, like you know what I mean, fighting to stay in type of thing. You know what I'm saying? Like you say so. Uh, oof. 
They had lots of problems with their own line last year as well, didn't they? Yeah. Oh, that was a big concern for them. I I will tell you this. I have never seen an old line in in the Helsinki Wolverines that could ever really, you know, do the job. Normally when they had a good offense, it was because their skilled players made up for the fact that that old line was boo-boo. Yeah, it's been a while. It's it's been since probably said was the quarterback with Stokes and And Tommy Penta. And then, you know, they was running like a – uh, I don't even know what you call it, but it was, I mean, it was two back, like two back zone read. Like they, it, it was, it was a lot of moving going on. But you're right; they don't have that now. Nowhere near close to it. So, I mean, they, oh man, we'll see. They changed yeah. everything. And no offense <laughs> to that era of football, but these defenses are a little bit better, in my opinion, now against that type of stuff, against that type of offense. But let's let's talk about the obstacles to overcome. I mean, I feel like their biggest changes are the obstacles. <laughs> Um, I guess for me, I think that one huge obstacle they're going to have to overcome is their own culture and identity. And when I say that, I'm saying like they have to come up with one. Like, who are the Helsinki Wolverines? Like, we can go through almost every team in this league and we can say, you know, this is what they do or this is the type of team they are. When you look at the Helsinki Wolverines, I cannot answer you what kind of team this is. I can't tell you what their philosophy will be. If they get in a situation where we don't know if they're going to win, the game is tight, it's on the line, we don't know who they're going to give it to. We don't know what kind of play calls they're going to make. We don't know who is the de- who's going to be making the decisions on the field. Like We don't know. Like These are just things we don't know. And we won't know, but they need to know. And that's the obstacle is that I don't think they know. I don't think they know what their identity is as a team. And that's going to be very hard to, it's going to be very hard to win games if people aren't on the same page and, and people don't know what the goals are for this team. And I don't, I don't think that they're going to have that figured out anytime this season, in my opinion. Yeah, I think the roster's going to be changing all year as well. Yeah. What, what about you guys? Any obstacles? Oof. Uh, I had, Trying to get some type of chemistry, you know, that was that was uh, the biggest thing is trying to find some type of chemistry in the middle of all this chaos. Um, they do have Will coming back, um, so they do have a solid running back. Um, I, 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 I'm still, I don't know, I don't want to count them out. So I don't want to count them out, but it's just not looking promising with going with the finished quarterback who hasn't really had a lot of experience in the Maple Leaf like that, enough to like, we're going with you. Um, because that that does a lot. I mean, ego-wise, confidence-wise, um, you know, if, 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 you, if you're not getting any production out of it, like at what point do you say, hey, all right, maybe this isn't the way to go with getting him experience. But, yeah. Having no chemistry coming in there and just hoping to plug in players, I don't think it's gonna it's gonna go well. But we'll see. They, they've tried to plug players before, and it, it I mean it's got to be hard when you bring in a whole bunch of Americans. So maybe they're trying the other way. They're bringing yeah. in a whole bunch of Finnish guys, and since they're finished, it won't be as like hard. Yeah, they'll get to the practice. They'll get the practice together more. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Chris? You got any obstacles? Uh, the only thing I'm going to touch on is that keeping hold of their players for the season and not letting them 
them go because it's going to be a tough season for the Wolverines. I think we can all agree that. And when the going gets tough, sometimes for some of these players, their resilience isn't great. So you might see a drop-off at practice. You might see a drop-off in guys turning up for games. And and have, we've seen it before with like 20 guys on the sideline for, for some of these teams who are really struggling. Like UNC, for example, last season. You, you see low numbers on the sideline. It's like, well, what's going on in that camp? It's, it's very hard to keep that kind of morale high when you're not winning games. So hopefully they, for their sake, that they can't try and, try and pick the games that they think are winnable and really go at it for those games to try and keep the morale high in the club so that they don't lose players and they can maintain them for the season. Yeah, I think uh, let's go over keys to success. I think we're pretty much saying the opposite of what we just said for the obstacles, right? They need to figure out their identity, get some chemistry, and be able to hold keep their roster together. That's their keys to success. And just to add the other one I have that's a little different is they need to score more than their opponents. <laughs> if, if they can score more points than the other team, they're going to they win, right? Have success. <laughs> that is a key to success for the Helsinki Wolverines. <laughs> Okay, let's go move into the other team in Helsinki. Ooh, yeah, I said it. The other team. <laughs> the Helsinki Roosters. And normally, I mean, they were a playoff team last year, so normally I would say, like, get back to the playoffs, but who are we kidding? Maple Bowl or bust, right? Like, yeah. Let's just be honest. The Roosters have to get back to the Maple Bowl. Like, anything else is eh. Eh. That's just how it is. Biggest changes for them. Um, what did you have, Q? Biggest change for the Roosters? Yeah. Um, mm, imports. Saw is, is 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 something. Um, getting import, imports that follow in with what they believe in and what they're trying to achieve. They do a pretty good job of finding uh, team imports and not guys that are just kind of egotistical or all about me. Um, so they do a pretty good job of bringing in guys like that. So I think uh, um, seeing how those imports come come along with them. I also heard that Kimi uh, isn't signed with anybody. So that's going to be important to see if he comes back to play for them. I've heard um, he's I've heard he's been showing up at practices. Hmm. He's taking it very serious. Just putting that yeah. out there. That's just what I heard yeah. in the streets oh. is that Kimi be showing up like. Like he ready to go, go. So yeah. Well, if that's the case, then hey, I, I look at him as he's not an import, but man, that's 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 major. Um, but also, the, even on the defensive side of the ball, they brought in um, two. They got two D linemen that I know of for sure. Um, this guy Will, and then they signed Jamo. Uh, so they're gonna have a stout D line, a younger kind of sort of D-line too. They're going to be able to do a lot of things on defense, I think, um, because of that. So right now on paper, I give them, you know, a, a nice grade. Um, but definitely the biggest change that I've seen so far is just their imports and, and, and what they're going to do. What about you, Chris? I think it's just, just kind of their youth. that They always seem to bring new young players through. 
we we always see it with Brewsters. They're probably one of the best teams at it, bringing in their youth, bringing them through. You always see guys that just pop up and like never heard of, and then suddenly they're 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 playmaking in the Maple Bowl. We've seen it multiple guys for the for the Roosters before. So I think they're one of the ones to watch this season. The 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 two teams that I'm quite excited, the most excited to see the season are the Royals and the Roosters. They're the two. So the, the Roosters are I'm really excited to see what they can produce this season. As Q said, a whole new batch of imports. You know, they got the likes of two guys that have played at McGill University together as well with the QB and receiver. So they're going to have some chemistry right off the back. And with the younger guys, and if what you say is true, and Kimmy's playing as well, I mean, that's that's a scary couple of receivers for you. So they, they have they have that excitement factor with, with the youth and with the with the imports that they've got this season. So I'm quite excited to see what they what they can do. And I think that's that's kind of a big change for them is just each season just bringing the, the newer guys through. And I'm excited to see these names who are going to break out. We don't know who they're going to be yet, but some of these younger guys are going to break out. It's, it's going to happen. We're going to be talking about them in week one or week two, where it's like, yep, yeah, it, it happens every year with the Roosters. We talk about someone new. And who is it going to be? We'll see. And I guess, I guess, I mean, since we're talking about, you know, new eras and stuff, I guess we should learn these kids' names this year, right? Mm. I know last year we had a looking roster. Like, who are these guys? <laughs> You're in this red jersey. I don't know who these kids are. I guess we'll try to learn your names this year. A uh, biggest change for me is uh, the Roosters got some new snapback hats. I'm trying to get one of those. So if, <laughs> if anybody wants to, you know, donate a Helsinki Rooster snapback to me, I would love it. Uh, you know, funds are a little tight right now. So if you could just donate, you know, just ship it to me. Send me a message. I'll, I'll send you to Addy and, you know, send it on my way. Actually, I'll be at the game. I'll probably be at the first game anyway. So, you know, just show up, hand me a hat. You know, I support <laughs> the Roosters. I, my loyalty can be bought. It is what it is. <laughs> I want the swag. <laughs> Biggest change. I need the new swag. <laughs> Biggest change. I need the swag. I got to have it. <laughs> So talking obstacles for the Roosters, um, I'll leave this one off. One of the obstacles I put is something that we talk about as big a change also is their youth and inexperience. This would be in what, in our opinion, this would be the second year. Last year was the huge turnover of a lot of the older players just not coming back and then them having to start so many young players and, you know, growing pains and they still make the playoffs. And we saw a team that at the beginning of the year, it was tough for them to get points because a lot of the receivers weren't stepping up by the end of the year. They were clicking. Now they have that experience. They've been in the Maple League. They've, they've seen some situations last year, but just like anything, it still takes time. So this year, they're going to see even more, but they're going to be a little bit more experienced than they were last year. And like what Chris said, who's going to break out? That's going to be an obstacle they, they have to overcome because. You're going to have players who think, okay, I played in the Maple League last year. I'll be fine this year. Or you're going to have players who think, I played last year, but I wasn't good. So I don't, I still don't have the confidence that I need. They're going to have to figure out a way to make that work for them. And mostly it's on the defensive side of the ball, in my opinion. I mean, the receivers offensively, it is what it is. It's just reps. But defensively, you have to see the game. You have to be out there and get those reps of what, 
different offenses could do. And their linebacking core was always the weak link, in my opinion. Last year, their defensive line was okay, but they couldn't create enough pressure to make up for the fact that their linebackers weren't up to snuff. Their linebackers are young. Their secondary is young outside of the imports coming in, and they need these this experience. It's something they're going to have to get over because this is not a year for them to go through growing pains. This is the year to get back to the Maple Bowl. So they have to get over being young. They got to put in extra time and, you know, maybe film study more. Maybe listen, to, I mean, maybe more meetings with your coaches. I don't know what you got to do. I'm not on the team. Y'all know what y'all have to do. But you have to overcome being young. It can't be the excuse this year. Inexperience can't be the excuse. Being young can't be the excuse. What about you, Q? What do you got for obstacles? Ooh, I was about to say, I mean, can't, can't say being young is an excuse, but might be one. <laughs> no, I can't, it can't be one. I think it's, uh, man. Just they got to get through. They got to get through the season. They got to get through the season. I think they got to break. They got to bring in some better uh, local talent um, because I think they fought real hard last year, very, very hard last year. And whew, I think they just they just need to get over the edge, man. Like it's the same as the Crocs, almost like they're on the brink of being better and being great. It's just they're missing some pieces though, and it's. Is this what do you do at this point? Um, other than all right, because you you can go into every season and say, hey, we're gonna bring in this import, we're gonna bring in you know this guy, that guy, and then they get there and it's like, all right, it's almost okay, but it's not quite okay. And I think they just tired of going through that, so now they just really need to like step it up as an organization, like just get better. What about you, Chris? I think their biggest obstacle is. Week one and week two. Steelers week one, Crocodiles week two. They got both finalists from last season, and it's really going to give us a telltale sign is it if the Roosters are legit this season by seeing those first two games. That's that's a big obstacle. Let's, let's throw it out right now. Roosters start the season 0-2? 2-0. <laughs> oh, this Rooster-loving guy, man. I'm going to say 1-1 one one to be fair. That's a good way. To, that's a good way to sit on the fence. To be one yeah, let's say one because I, I, I think. The, I mean, I don't want to put my. I don't want to say it yet. I don't want to say no, who I think will also come in the in the Christian Paul era. Crocodiles have been able to. That's and, and that's why I said one and one. I'm like because I can see them maybe getting past Corpio, depending. But and um, um, I might add, both games are at the Velodrome as well. And oh. You know CP15, he loves that Velodrome. That that makes me think more of the one 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 thing. Mm, like that's I, a trip if too. If they're playing both of them at home, that might be a they might be it might be a get out of it. But I mean, the statistics would say Rooster starting the season 0-2. But you know what? Maybe if somebody brings me a Rooster snapback, I show up, lucky charm, they go 2-0. <laughs> I'm willing to I'm willing to change my bet for that swag, you know. Shameless begging, I don't care. <laughs> so let's let's talk about what they have to do to at least start two and zero. Oh. Keys to success. What do you got, Q? Ooh. Play, play, play strong and play consistent. Play strong and play consistent. Dominate on the defense side of the ball and and offensively, 
uh, put points on the board. If they can put up 21 points, 28 points, they can beat any one of these teams. Um, I just think starting, like you say, if they come out two home games, crowds hype, fans are hype, weather's good, the velodrome is going to help. Um, they need to win. They need they need to start off consistently winning these first two games, and then it's uphill from there. And you, you got past the two hardest teams the first two games, so now it's a matter of just implementing more of your game plans, your strategies, because everybody else, I mean, from from the Crocs and Santiago, I'm not going to say the Boston yet, but UNC, that's going to be, you know, a question mark. The Butchers question mark. Uh, so if the Roosters can start off with, with two wins against the top two teams, that'll put them in a good place. What about you, Chris? I'm going to say offensive line play. And the reason why I'm going to say this is because if what you say is true about Kimmy, they've got two legitimate threats. They need to give this this guy, Dimitri, time, this quarterback time in the pocket. And if this O-line can, can run block as well, they can do that, it makes the pass game even more scary with that play action when you put that in. So I'm going to say good high-level offensive line play. And that, that's a really good idea, um, good thought process because the uh, Roosters usually have a pretty good, decent O-line. Not great at any point, in my opinion, but usually pretty good. They do a good job of getting the job done. That makes sense. For me, he's successful at Roosters would be minimizing mistakes, going back to the inexperienced thing, like not having as many mistakes as they've had last season. There's a lot of mistakes that if they can correct those and keep those from happening on a consistent basis, I think it's a a game changer for them, and they'll make more big plays. Something that I think they were missing last year was big plays in big situations. And again, I'm still crediting it to youth and inexperience, but I don't think that's going to be the case this season. I think that they've had enough time with basically two years of being in these positions and these roles with these younger players that this season, defensively, they make less mistakes. Their defensive backs will play better coverage. They make more big plays, create more turnovers in the pass and the run game. I think that's what they'll have to do to be successful because when they play against some of these teams, I think legitimately they might be outmatched a couple of times. And it's going to come down to the who made the most big plays. I think if the Roosters play against the Crocodiles, I think the Crocodiles have a better roster. But the Roosters can still beat them comes down to who makes the big plays. And I, uh, that's why I'm going to do key success for them. Yeah. And also, another key for success for the Roosters would be if someone was to get me that snap back hat, they probably would win more games. I'm pretty sure that that would, you know, sway things in their favor. <laughs> Calling all you skills players. Quarterbacks, receivers, running backs, linebackers, cornerbacks, and safeties. If you were born between 2009 and 2003, this midsummer is your opportunity to shine. We'll be hosting our annual AFF Nordic Challenge 7 vs. 7 tournament in Helsinki on June 21st. Top performers will be selected to join the AFF Team Revo 7v7 travel team that will be competing internationally in the autumn season. Team Revo will also play for the European Championship in the spring of 2024. Due to field availability, registration will close once we meet the maximum number of participants. So head over to our website and sign up today. 
Registration can be completed at AmericanFootballInFinland.com forward slash Nordic dash challenge. All right, next team we got is the Porvu Butchers making the playoffs. Biggest changes. I don't have any. What do you guys got? I don't have zero. They still gonna be the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> I mean, Dallas Cowboys, Dallas Cowboys. Hold on. If I hold on, last summer. Ooh, yeah. You know what happened? Dallas Cowboys had everybody scared, right? Them suckers went to the playoffs last year, too. I had people, matter of fact, me and my brother got in the argument because he was like, let us have this, you know, do do do. Like, that's cool. But when it all comes down to it, y'all just have one more game than everybody else. And that's what the butchers, I mean, I, I, I don't, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to keep doing it this year. I'm going to try to lay off a little bit, but I don't, I, there's no biggest changes for the butchers. The butchers are going to be the butchers, and we think we know what that is. So let's move on to obstacles. I think the biggest obstacle for the butchers would be overcoming that mediocrity that they've kind of accepted. I don't know if people listening know this, but the butchers at one time were, you know, the most successful team in the Maple League. They had their own era where they they won what six, seven Maple Bowls at a time. I think it was the nineties or the eighties or something like that. I mean, it's still a long time ago, but history is history, kind of like the Dallas Cowboys. At some point, you gotta you gotta get back to it, you know. And for the Butchers, I'm not even asking them to do a lot. I'm not saying win the Maple Bowl. I'm saying get in the playoffs. I believe that they were better than the Helsinki Roosters last year. But, like I just said about the Roosters, you got to make the big plays when you make them. They lost games to the Roosters they shouldn't have lost. They lost games to the Crocodiles in the very first game of the season. They should not have lost that game. And that's what comes from being mediocre and settling in that four and five place, which is where they settled last year. They have to get over that this year. There has to be some sense of urgency in that locker room. There has to be a a sense of pride on that team about winning and not just doing good enough, not doing good enough to not be relegated, not being good enough to have a few stars. You know, Brandon Gwinner is great. Miko Seppin is great. Even the young kid, Lucas Arela, that's a, that's a, good shining star, but everybody else got to play too. Because having a couple of great guys and then everyone else being okay, that's what makes you average. And they have to get over that obstacle. I I would like them to get over the obstacle. I can't say have to. Because if you want to be average, that's on you. That ain't on me. What about you, Chris? Yeah, I'm going to say self-belief. Believing in themselves and what they can do like you say we they ran some of them teams close last season and they could have beat them i think they just lacked a bit of self-belief as well you know they've got good playmakers they've re-signed some good guys you know they've got brandon back they, they've got mickey J. they've got uh Seppinen. they've got uh from as well who's also an all right receiver they've signed two new american defensive imports as well so they've got guys that can do jobs and I think they just need a bit of self-belief to believe that they can get to the playoffs and, and try and compete when they get there. Because I think they lack that. Oh, they signed some some American DBs. I'm interested to yeah. see how that's going to work out. Zach for. Wright, I think, is one. And Bikembe, Bernie, oh. the other one. Oh, so, yeah, I think Bikembe's a D2 guy. 
and Zach Wright. I think he's played in the GFL before, Zach Wright, as well. Well, that's something the Butchers have never really been great at, secondary play. Hmm. What about what about you, Q? Yeah. What do you think is an obstacle for them to overcome? Um, just being in the middle of the pack most of the time. Uh, just nobody's threatened by them. Um, and I think that's what you want to do. Like, you want to try to surprise some people, not not in the first and second quarter being in games, but actually being in the game in the fourth quarter, pulling off some wins, um, even if you're not equipped like other teams, being able to still some kind of way find out a way to win. And I think that's the, that's the biggest thing is just, um, like you say, the mediocre, just being in the middle, just being there. Like, like uh, we're not doing too bad to not be in here, but also we're not scaring anybody. So, it's at least make it so that people don't want to just go to Porvu. Like, I, I think like whatever teams think about going to play like in Porvu, like, like, yeah, like that's a it's a nice town. It's a very beautiful old town. It's a great time, and people are like, man, that was a nice place to play. They don't ask them about the game. Like, they should. At least make it where people don't want to make that trip. Like, you know what? I don't want to go to Puerto I, I know people don't want to go to Quopio. Shit, I don't want to go to Quopio and I'm not even playing. But I won't go out there. But I mean, I don't know what the butchers do that would put fear or at least make people, I don't want to say teams don't respect them, but kind of like what you said, like teams aren't too concerned about, you know, the butchers ruining their season or anything. Got to get over that. So keys to success. Um, my key to success for the butchers would be finding that like it factor. I th- I feel like every team has like there's some aspect of their team that sets them apart. For the Poor Root Butchers, the only thing that comes to my mind when I think about Poor Root Butchers is Miko Seppinen. That and as great as Miko is, that that's not an it factor. That's a player. <laughs> that gives his all to this organization. Other than that, there's no, like, there's no, you know, stick to him. Like, there, it used to be, probably Butcher's got the best O-line in the league, and you know it. That is no longer the case. That is no longer the case. They have a lot of young bucks out there blocking. They're, you know, earning their stripes. But other than that, they, they have to find that it factor to separate themselves and kind of create that identity that people in the league will, you know, hopefully fear, but at least respect about their team. What about you, Chris? What do you got for keys to success? Uh, the connection between Brandon Gwinner and Miko Seppinen. So keeping that connection strong, you know, we know Miko's that number one receiver for them. He's always been that guy for them. And it's just keeping that connection that they built last season and keeping that going for this year. You know, go to your athlete on the downs that you know you need to complete go to your clutch player in those situations. And that's going to be a massive key to success for them if they stick to that, stick to what they're good at, which is getting the ball to the playmakers. Give it give it to Seppinen. Well, he's a playmaker. Like, he's going to do what he does. What about you, Q? <clears throat> I think they got to win. <laughs> 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 got to win. I mean, it's it's just literally that simple with them now. They have to win, not play good, none of that. Like, you have to win. And uh, 
with doing that, getting better and winning, not just getting lucky and winning, like actually becoming a better team and winning games that are that are you can kind of look at on film and say, hey, we we could have did this a little better. We should, we probably would have scored two more times. Like, you know, just just ooh, winning. Right? I, I mean, even though it sounds yeah, it sounds it sounds you know cliche or whatever, but that's just what they have to do. When the games you're supposed to win, like the first, who did the Butchers play first game of the season, Chris? Uh, the Butchers, first game of the season. They've got a bye week one. And hold then on, week hold on, hold on. Win week one. Yeah. <laughs> win week one. There you go. Win that bye week. Yeah. Win that bye week. You start winning. And then, up. <laughs> and then week, week two, they play the Royals. Week three, the Crusaders. So not a bad couple of opening games for them to be fair. I'll put it out there. Butcher start season two and oh. Butcher start two and oh. I think the Royals will beat him. Mm, okay. One and one. The Royals will beat him. One and one, I think. No, that's not bad. Okay, so let's talk about UNC. Um obviously the storyline for them is to stay in the Maple League and not get relegated. Talking biggest changes. Uh, I think everything for them is a big change. Um, Going to be a different team than whatever we saw last year. You know that for sure because of the imports as well as the fact they don't really have any local players. So any more any finished players they have probably won't be the same finished players they had last year. They are pulling players from all over Finland to, to suit up for games. What about you, Chris? What do you think is one of some of their biggest changes? I'm going to say one name. R.J. <laughs> Long. That signing came out of nowhere. <laughs> like, where where did that even come from? I don't think any of us were expecting him to sign for UNC, but hey, they made the deal and they got it done. So that's a, that's a big ups to UNC for getting that deal done. And if he's healthy, which I, I hear rumors that he is healthy, then that's a big addition to that offense, and it's going to help them big time. I don't know. I'm just going to say it. I don't know. He, I mean, when he was with the Wolverines last year, this ain't nothing. It's not a knock against RJ. I think RJ is a great player, but one of those situations with, even if you look at what UNC did last year when they had Cedric Johnson, another great player who also is coming back. I mean, to both of them, when you say both those names, you're like, oh my gosh. But at the same time, come on now. We gotta remember it's 2023. Things ain't what they used to be. Both of these boys can still get jiggy out there. But I don't know who this new quarterback is. I don't know how well he's gonna be able to get it to him. And but I do know this much: no matter what they do up front, that offensive line is not gonna hold. Which was the issue they had last year. Last year they were in a lot of games they shouldn't have been in just because the quarterback was able to stay in the pocket and make some ridiculous throws. Yeah, but he took some hits and made some crazy throws, yeah. He made some throws where I'm just like, I would have I took a knee or something. But then you, you still have to look at, even though he did that a few times and they were able to be successful, it was more of a last-minute type of situation. A lot of times they were behind and then put up some points, you know, when it really didn't matter or it wasn't going to change the game, it just made it look more competitive than it was. I mean, there were a couple of games where they were actually in it, but 
you always knew eventually there's no way this team's going to hold. And even by bringing RJ, I don't think that changes the biggest issues with the team. So let's go to their their obstacles, which is what I've already alluded to, is that them having a team. Even having, you know, Sid and RJ on the team, those are two guys who live in Finland. That, that's just like having two more Finnish guys. I'm not... I'm not making any accusations about their commitment to the team or something, but they both got kids. If they got stuff to do, they might not come to practice. They, I mean, it's no, it's not a problem. Like obviously life gets in the way. You got to do what you got to do, but you got to look at this team. Who is this team? Who plays for UNC? Who do you know from lawyer? Name somebody. I, I can't, I can't, can't name any. You can't name one, one local player. No, that's the issue. That's what they have to overcome is they have to put together. It's going to be a, a smorgasbord or a, a casserole, uh, a melting pot of players. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know which analogies I want to go with, but it's going to be a whole lot of different players from different backgrounds in different places in their lives and their careers, even playing together every week and the cohesion I don't know if they're going to be able to create a cohesion with that group. Is it going to be the same people? Last year, honest to God, there's no way they had the same roster two weeks in a row last year. There's no way. And shoot, there might not have even been a time they had a a solid 25 two weeks in a row. That's another thing I don't think when it comes to having the team is, are they going to have enough players to play these games throughout the season? Are they going to be able to finish the season? with a full roster, which, I mean, are they going to start with a full roster? Are they going to start and finish? And who they start and finish with, are they going to be able to play together cohesively compared to most of these teams in the Maple League who have a solid finish core? A solid finish core. Most of these teams, even even with Vasa coming up from Division One, kind of know who their, their finished players are, or at least they know who their core players are, and they, who they can rely on. On USC, yeah, you're going to have some outliers. I think they're going to do what they did last year and do a good job of getting good imports. Like yeah. They had really good imports last year. That's how they survived. Yeah, I wouldn't but, be surprised if they do bring in a few more guys to help bolster them on both sides of the ball. I mean, defensively, they definitely need it. But, yeah, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if you know they go out and get a load of European extraction. You know what? I am going to rib a little bit on RJ. I tell you one thing: don't put that guy on defense again. Last year he got <laughs> on defense. He he didn't want no action of nothing. It was one two bail, one two bail. So I mean, if they think that they're getting a two way player from RJ Long, I, I think those days are behind us. <laughs> but uh, what what other obstacles do you think they'd have to overcome? I'm going to say strengthening and bolstering their defense. Okay. Yes, they've signed uh, Dante Edwards, um, uh, a defensive guy from Benedictine. But what position does he been... play? Sorry. Um, I think he's a linebacker. Mm. He he definitely looks like a linebacker from from what I've seen of him. Um, I could be wrong, but he, he looks like a linebacker type. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they they build their defense around him. And if they are going to go out and get some more players, but their defense really struggled last season. So they, they, they are going to need help. It's going to be a big obstacle to try and fix that defense. Maybe it's having a different kind of scheme in play. 
to help the players that they've got. So they scheme around the players they got rather than scheme into just scheme for defense. You know, you, you build around the players that you've got. So maybe they've got something different for that reason but i think hold on hold on how do you go to build around the players you got if you don't got no players come on man (laughs) you know they don't have no players all all season they've been probably practicing with eight people like i don't know i don't know what scheme they can come up with like i don't mean to like cut you off but i don't think the scheme is something we're going to be too interested in when it comes to usc yeah it's it's, going to be a tough season for them that's for sure and they're going to be in that relegation battle we know but it's exciting to see that they're, they are going out and trying to sign a few more guys. And hopefully in the coming weeks, we will see a few more signings for them because like you say, it's going to be a bit of a mixed bag for them. I think they're going to have guys from all over the place that are just going to put together. And when you've got that, it's either an absolute mess or for some reason it just works. Yeah. Usually I, it's a mess. <laughs> I, I, yeah, you're right. It's definitely going to be up and down for them. So moving to keys to success for this team. Uh, for me, obviously, is keeping the roster together. That you have to keep the roster and create consistency. That's the only way I think that they can be successful. What about you? Offensive line play. We touched mm-hmm. on it earlier that they've got to improve that offensive line. Whether that's getting the ball out quicker, so we're just hitting that one step drop for the QB, so he's not got a guy in his face straight away, or it's looking at offensive line coaching and technique, or again, scheming around the players that they've got. So they've got an offensive system that works for the guys that they do have. Very, very little guys, I know, but works for the guys that they do have. So I think that to be successful, they need to figure it out on the offensive line, whether that's getting a few more guys in, whether that's scheming better, or whether that's just getting the ball out quickly. And, you know, it's crazy. I'm listening to you, and I think, like, from the offensive side, the scheme actually could be the difference because – like we we've talked about before, you got those two got those two wide receivers out there that could change any game at a moment, and then you you bring it in an import quarterback. They bring in a running back as well. Yeah, Seth Rollins, the running back. Oh yeah, yeah. Seth Rollins, running back. So, so they they got a good running back too. So you got a good running back. You got two good receivers. Obviously, the quarterback is going to be able to play to a certain level. Your skill set, your skill players are good, but your uh, offensive line, uh, that like you said it, that's the key to success, but I think that they can scheme around the O-line. I think that's why they're putting all of their, you know, eggs into this other baskets for other things that they can scheme around that offensive line. You, I did not know you were going to join us, man. Welcome. <laughs> I, don't, I had to hop on for this one. <laughs> sure, we, already went through, we already went through it all, but shoot, we'll add you on to it. Q had to leave for a little bit, but he's back. Uh, UNC, biggest changes. What do you got? Biggest changes are imports. Once again, quarterbacks, uh, they did bring Sid back that we just found out. So that's a good thing. Sid, Sid only played a few games with him and, and tore it up. So uh, it'll be nice to see what happens with the addition of RJ and Sid uh, with a quarterback that's actually going to uh, have no choice but to throw them the ball. Um Anytime you got, I think, those type of players on the field, there's chances for big plays to be made. So as far as having a consistent offense, that's something that we'll have to see. But I think as far as is just being able to score points, I, I think they'll be able to do that, which now puts them now puts them in a different light when it comes to this season because right now on paper, 
Um, from what I what I've heard and what I've seen, they're going to have a pretty decent O line too. Um, well, that's oh, what we were just talking about. We were just talking about line yeah. play. Yeah, that's going to be one of the keys to success for sure. Is that they have good offense line play. Um, just throwing in there too that they have that running back Seth Rowland, which mm. makes you think that if they have a decent line. And here's, here's what I said also, because we were talking about the scheme for the team, and I was saying that, you know, you don't have any players, it don't matter your scheme. I think defensively, they might just give up the butt, and this might be a shootout, because y'all know that this Big 12 Maple League we're in, yeah, look across the board. Last year, the, the lowest scoring team averaged 25 points a game. Mm. I, I'm saying this year, you need 30. You need 32, 30 points at least. 30 yeah. points to win. And this is what yeah. UNC, I mean, from what it looks like, this is what UNC is about. They're like, you know what? Forget it. Put up points. And when you got people like Cedric Johnson, RJ Long, even Seth Rowland touching the ball, that's a wrap. They're yeah. They're going to put up points, that's for sure. But, <laughs> but, uh, they're going to concede up points. Yeah, they're gonna, I mean, they're gonna be giving up points too. Interesting thing, up. though, just talking about UNC. Who do you think they can beat? Q, you go first. Who who can they beat? I think UNC will beat Porvo at least once. Um, Vasa. Oh, um, oh, mm. yeah. I'm, I'm gonna give them. I'm giving them Porvo and Vasa. They can beat once if they play them twice. I think they can beat them once just because. Those names you just named, Seth was getting it going, you know, last year, like at a point, like he was getting it going, like running. Yeah, yeah. 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 So he was getting it going. So I'm I'm thinking like they can steal some, I don't even want to say steal. Like if that offensive line is actually one of the better off, if they even decent, that's gonna be enough. They ain't gotta be great. If they just decent, uh, they'll be all right, I think. Um now that I know they got some other like imports coming in, European imports coming in, it's gonna make them, you know, like it it it's it's gonna put them in that third, I'll say fourth. Right now I'm giving them like really? Yeah, I'm giving them fourth. Jeez. I'm giving them fourth because but but I'm saying fourth in the aspect of like I can't I can't put the Dallas Cowboys in fourth. I can't put them in fourth because that's just I just can't do it. Now Vasa, I don't know, but I will say Vasa is always in contention. They're always in contention, but obviously I don't think they're they're gonna be better than the Crocs. I don't think they're gonna be better than the Roosters, and I don't think they're gonna be better than Corpio. So but I also think they're better than the Wolverines right now. They're better than the Wolverines right now. Haven't seen either team play, but just off of those names. I'm assuming that that UNC will be four fifth at the most. Like, and that's just I'm not you know, giving that high. That's damn crazy. I, I just but, I can't I cannot give Porvo. I can't give Porvo. I can't. I understand that. Yeah, you can't I give Porvo the pass. Vasa is gonna be good. I will yeah. say that Vasa is gonna be good. I don't know how good, but I know Vasa is gonna be good. I I tell you one thing. I mean, we're not. I mean, we digressing here, but yeah. I don't ever count. The, the Wasser Royals out. I don't care. Nobody. Yeah, I yeah. Never can't, count them can't, boys out. Can't. Yeah, I, I ain't gonna count them out. But what, 
What about you, Chris? Who do you think USC is going to beat? Um, I think they'll beat the Wolverines. Now that we've heard about these extra signings, I agree with Q. I think they might split the games with the Butchers, one-on-one maybe with the Butchers. And I, I, I don't know if I can see him beating anyone else. Like You got to think of the trip. You got to think of the trip uh, from, I don't know how far it is from Vasa to... Nah, oh, it's Vasa. They ain't beating Vasa. They're not gonna beat Vasa in Vasa. That ain't gonna happen. That's no. what I'm saying. Like, it, it, if they gotta when when Vasa comes this that way, then it might be a little different of who plays. I don't see, I don't see it hurting Vasa to come down though, the way they hurt to go up because no. you, like, we've already talked about it. They don't have any local players. But that's what I'm saying. This is why that they're bringing up. In. That travel up is gonna be harder than than Vasa coming down. That's why Vasa might win both. Because mm. even when UNC is at home, they're not really at home. Half yeah. the team probably still traveling. Well, depending on how many imports they bring, but that's one thing I want to talk about the imports also is we said uh, before, well, not on, actually not on this recording, but we said that they might bring in a lot of imports from Europe, and that might be the core of their team, and we don't know who they are yet. They haven't announced them. And even even them announcing RJ and said we had actually had to re-record this because we were saying they haven't announced really anybody besides their three Americans. And said and RJ are both going to be Finnish um, Finnish status players, but the Europeans they bring in is going to kind of tell you how good or bad this team is going to be. And what I want to make sure that they would do is if they want to be successful, bring in players from Central and Northern Europe. Not Southern and Eastern Europe. Yeah, go to uh, France, man. Yeah, get them. From I wouldn't France. even say. I would not say France. Like France, Italy, Spain. Those players that mo- that usually end up com- coming to Finland from them places, they're usually not as high level football IQ. If that makes sense, athletically, a lot of them can match up, but you see them and you're like. Yeah, if he knew how to do this and knew how to that, he doesn't have the, the expertise. While, you know, if you give me a German, we can ride. Yeah. That's and, that's like and look, that's look what position that's they almost need. Cheap. <laughs> yeah, they but but look at what positions they need. They need linemen. Yeah, they need D linemen. Yeah, if you, if you need linemen, linemen, you gotta go, you can stay in the Nordics, go to Denmark, go somewhere in Germany. You can go to like Poland or even Hungary or something like that and get a serviceable. Offensive lineman that's big, strong, and can do enough. But on the defensive side, you need you need IQ. Yeah, and if you go and get some Europeans to, to play linebacker, secondary, D line, you gonna look like you did last year. Where defensively, they just they weren't gonna get it done, even though they had some decent players. They had some good defensive players. But the Americans couldn't do everything, and you could see you could see it. And for them, I think it's going to be a lot about matchups. Again, hopefully they don't try to put RJ over there on defense because I think those days are done for him. I don't care. What I, think they, I think they're they going to surprise us. I think they're going to surprise us. There, there is a name that ain't been called yet that I think is still one of the top DBs in in Finland, and I think they might steal him. Honestly. Oh, well, then you might know what I know. Then that's. Cool. Yeah, I think they might steal him, honestly, because I, I don't see him going to the Wolverines. Uh, hey, hey, can we stop? 
being incognito and actually say like. Well, that ain't our, no, our I, place to say, man. We can't yeah, even, I, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about giving out, you know, information <laughs> on, on the yeah, podcast, like like we're insider insiders. I like, know. Yeah, we, we can't get that. Team. We ain't in the negotiations. This is just. This is just me just saying conjecture. what I, I would have been smart for to be. It's smart to do. If it was me, I would have probably did it already uh, yeah. if it was possible. But it wouldn't be a bad addition at all to this. Now we've seen kind of like they're they're going. UNC is actually trying to place, you know, and they're trying to put themselves in a position to not only win games, but to be contenders. So in that aspect, you got to put, you have to bring the best uh, American t- type imports or American imports. You got to bring some of the better ones in, the ones that's vets. You got to bring them in when you plan on bringing European players in because you need somebody that can like, hey, look, this is all we got to do. This is what we got to do. You know, you need a, you need a leader back in the, on on both sides. But we'll see. We'll see. I don't want to. You know, I mean, that's fine. I mean, we just want to talk about it a little bit. I think they, what they're going to do is they're going to put up points and hope they defense holes. Last year, they just couldn't score enough points. Even, I mean, they still were putting up, but 20, 30 points when they were able to, like, whenever their O-line held last year, they were able to put up points. When their O-line was just getting destroyed, they could never get anything started on offense. They just got bad fast. But I think that's it for USC. We don't, we already spent way too long talking about this team. That okay, let's talk about the newest team to the Maple League this season, anyways, and that's the Wassa Royals coming straight out of Vasa. Biggest changes? What you got, Chris? Making that having that off year from Division One and then coming back to competing in the Maple League, it's going to be a jump up for them again, but they've got guys there that have been there, done that, and proven to to compete at this level. You know, and they've got they've got the 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 imports as well. They've got good imports, you know, they've got Alpha back. Like they're I think they're going to be one of the more exciting teams to watch this season. And I think they are going to upset a few of the top teams. I I put down for biggest changes their experience because I think that this is not the same team that was in the um that was in the Maple League a couple of seasons ago. This is a, a younger team. This is the development of the Wasa Royals or this is a culmination of the Wasa Dogs. I think that's their student team or something like that. But the Royals, I mean, one thing that everyone has always said about them is they do things right up there in Vasa. They know how to prepare. They know how to play football. And even last year when they were in the first division, you know, they, it was practice. They're running through everybody. But I'm watching the, you know, I'm watching the timeline. I'm watching the score. I'm looking at who's playing, and I'm looking at kids. I am looking at kids. And I think experience is going to be the biggest changes because now they're playing in the Maple League. All that practice and playing against, you know, all finished teams at, in Division One. We've we've said this before, and it's something that probably needs to change in the system. But it's a big jump from Division One to Maple League. It's different. It's not the same. Like they're not the same type of teams and plays. Things that work in Division One don't work in the Maple League. And this team is going to have to find that out. And that's going to be a change for them. 
because I think a lot of what they want to do or what they think they're going to be able to do, they're going to find out that's not really how it works out here. And not, not like to disrespect, you know, the, the management or team itself or anything, but the actual players, they have to find out on the field. That's the only way they're going to figure out. So that's a big change, though, because it's a different experience for them. They have not experienced this. Most of these players two years ago weren't old enough to be in the Maple League. <laughs> or if they, yeah, or if they were on the team, they were, you know, very low in the depth chart a couple of years ago. So now they've worked their way up and it's a whole new ball game. It's 2023, you know, football's played different out here. But moving on to obstacles to overcome, just going to piggyback on what I just said and say inexperience. Biggest change is the actual experience. Obstacle to overcome is that inexperience. Similar to what I said about the Roosters players, you know, having inexperience and youth on their roster, the Royals are very similar to me, except for for them. They're going to have to overcome also being from Vasa. No disrespect to the area, but it's a different type of football played up there compared to what you're going to see in the Maple League, compared to what you're going to see a lot of these teams that have players that have played on all these teams in this area. You know, you got guys who play for the Wolverines, the Roosters, Kotka, Porvu, and, you know, keep cycling those teams. So they have a kind of understanding of how the game is played. These kids that play in Vasa, they play in Vasa. They played in Vasa, and before that, they played in Vasa. And when they're done, they're going to be playing in Vasa. So that's all they know, which means a lot of what they're going to see, they've never seen before. They've seen youth football and Division One, And this is not like that, especially when a lot of these teams come in with import players that bring their own systems or bring a different type of matchup to the game. You know, receivers run routes different. Um, instead of running basic, which this is crazy. Instead of running a basic three-yard slant, someone might run a one-yard stick slant, or someone might run a, a two-step jab in and out, and it gets you to the slant area. If you haven't seen that before, how are you going to combat it? You have to overcome it. I think one thing that the Wasser Royals team is going to have to do more than any other team in the league is watch film. Because their whole team has to catch up to what most of these teams have seen the other teams do. You have, The only way to catch them if you haven't played is to watch film meticulously and figure out what needs to be done. And that's also going to be hard to do for when you're playing against UNC and when you're playing against the Wolverines. Because they're running probably completely different offenses or defenses that have completely different personnel. And those are the two teams that the Royals are most likely to beat. Because they most likely, they actually have an advantage of their team is probably more intact than those two teams. So that's the obstacle I have is the inexperience. What do you got? I'm just going to say that the step back up to the Maple League, that, that's an obstacle itself because they've had a year of Division One football. We You kind of touched on it a second ago, the, the jump that it is from Division One to the Maple League. And just having all those tools and bits in place to, to be able to make them compete at that level. And it's a big step up. And if they're up for the challenge, that's just going to be a big obstacle for them. Just getting up to game speed straight away from the get-go. Yeah. So talking about what we did, obstacles. Let's do keys to success for the Wasser Royals. 
I'm gonna take Q's keys to success, and I'm gonna say Alpha Jallo. And if you don't know what that means, you've been living under a rock. Uh, Alpha is the most dynamic player in Europe. Uh, yeah, I said it. And if you don't believe me, I mean, come at me, bro. But Alpha brings to this team a ridiculous athleticism that can't be matched. And that's it's just, it is what it is. The dude can change speeds faster than anyone. And his top end speed is faster than most people. I say most. There might be one or two players that can run with him, but they can't run with him and change direction. And that's what he brings to the game as both a receiver, a kickoff returner, a punt returner. And if you really want to get him back to his roots, a defensive back. Yeah, I was a collegiate safety, which no, I don't think anybody believes me when I tell him that that he's originally a safety. He might even play running back at times. Last year, he tried to play quarterback. It did not go so well, and I'm okay with that. They brought in Tim Morovic. That's, that's a good move. But getting Alpha involved in the game will be the key for this team. He's one of those guys that will be able to win them a couple of games they shouldn't win. There's going to be games where they need one or two scores to change the landscape of the game or to win the game, and he's going to be the one to be able to do that. So that's definitely a key to success. What do you got? Yeah, I I'm just, I just want to piggyback off you before I, before I move on, but just his game-break ability. It could be a kick return touchdown. Like, this guy is electric in the return game. Anytime you get the ball in his hands, he is just something else. Um, I'm not sure. Is he still counted as a U.S. import this year, or is he? I think finished so. I think he should be a U.S. still. I don't think he's done the killer thing. I think he just started, so he might have like two more years. Yeah. Okay. I I I, I wasn't sure, but it's it's it, the killer thing is like you have to like be in the killer system for three years, and then after that you go. So it usually takes four years for most people. I think he's only been in it for like a year. So my, my key success is it's going to be similar to Alpha, but it's going to be the connection between quarterback Tim and Alpha Jolo. So it's what chemistry are those two going to create? Timothy's been there since January. He's been practicing since January uh, with, with the Royals. So they've had time to build some chemistry. Yeah. So it'll be I, interesting to see from game one what that looks like. Yeah, I think, I mean... No offense to anybody playing quarterback, but I don't think it takes much chemistry to work with Alpha Jallo. You throw the ball, he go get it. <laughs> I'd like to see if they utilize him more in like the jet sweep and like reverses and stuff, and then maybe even the screen game. That's something I think that would set the Royals apart is kind of finding trick ways to get him the ball when you don't think he's going to get the ball. Yeah, and one 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 more thing I'm going to add is uh, another key to success um, is that hopefully they get their uniforms right this year. You know, look good, play good. Uh, since we're going to talk about it, let's talk about it. Okay, that helmet, I think the helmet's okay. Uh, mm. I'm I, a fan. I think it looks all right. I think it's okay. I think it's going to look good for the first game, but after that, once you start getting those 
chips and stuff in there? Like, is somebody gonna be cleaning these white helmets? But I mean, it makes—I mean, financially, it makes more sense than them painting helmets gold every year. I still don't care for the whole W on one side, crown on the other. I think that looks gimmicky, but whatever works for you guys. But let's talk about these jerseys, okay? Ever since they had that that twenty-five different option jerseys of Alphas way back when, when they had every color. They had a they had a blue, a white, a red, a gold. I think they had a tie-dye. I don't know. They had every color jersey. Ever since then, they've kind of slowly scaled back. And these like red camo ones they wear. Digi camo, yeah, digi camo. I don't like those. I've never have, never will. I don't think it looks like the Royals at all. So I don't know what they're gonna wear this year. But I say if you're gonna come out in them white helmets gotta have some like all white unis like i want all white like maybe gold letters gold letters and numbers with like a red outline like that's it maybe a touch of blue here or there i don't I don't know how you're gonna do it but like you said hopefully they look good play good and they come out with something that can make you think that they're gonna win some games if you're listening to my voice you're now part of the aff community but don't be shy about supporting us Head over to our website and order some AFF swag. Get a t-shirt for this beautiful summer weather. Or a comfy hoodie you can rock all year long. And if you really want the drip, scoop up one of our limited edition snapback caps. Everything you need to represent the AFF community can be found on our website at AmericanFootballInFinland.com forward slash merch. T-I-F. And never forget T. I F. Okay, so that's it for this episode of American Football in Finland. Now that we're back, we back, we back. I hope it was worth the listen. Any last words before we get out of here, fellas? Q. Go Roosters. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't nothing else. Nothing else better. Get ready. We coming. Oh God! What about you, Chris? Uh a few weeks ago for the season, it's going to be good. It'd be interesting to see some of these big matchups. Week one and week two, there's some big games coming up, so we'll get a feel for it after those first few weeks. Like who's going to be competing and who's not for the top four spots. We always get that kind of like inside info after those first three games. So should be good. Can't wait. We'll see you there. Yeah, um, I can't wait until the next episode because little teaser, we definitely will be making our rankings and doing picks next episode. So yeah, we'll yeah. know who we think and, and what we think is going to happen because everything should kind of be about settled next time we record. So if you enjoy the show, please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts, also on YouTube. And don't forget to rate us five stars as well. Anything less tells us you are a hater. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at American Football in Finland. Until next time, never forget D-I-F. American Football in Finland.